Her mother was a black Cherokee sharecropper. Her father was a white man, but she didn't know who her father was. Being the daughter of a black woman, black Cherokee woman, and a white man, she experienced incredible racism, and she felt like she was excluded from the white community as well as from the black community. Apparently, she said everybody would say she was a, you know, quote, yellow girl. Even her own mother really was cruel to her, emotionally abusive. Um, So she's accepted into Catherine Dunham Dance Company. And as a result of this, she gets a scholarship to a dance school and a chance to tour with the troupe in Europe. In 1950, she develops a solo act at this Paris nightclub, which is called Carol's, and it's a lesbian haunt run by a former lover of Marlena Dietrich. She's such a hit, she's there for almost a year. And while she's there, she's seen by Orson Welles, who loses his mind. Uh Who wouldn't? Welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm Sam Eggers. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Justin Xavier. And today, you guys, I brought you a broad that you probably know, but might not know uh, a lot of details about, Miss Eartha Kitt. Oh, she's a broad. She is a broad, right? But I don't yes. know much about her, Sam. Oh, Teach ready. me. Get, yeah, let's go. You. Okay. So a lot of people probably know Eartha Kitt from one of two places. They might remember her that she uh, remember her as a Catwoman back in the late sixties. Mm. Oh, and that's sort of one of her one of her big big um, career moments. And then also people maybe close to our age might know her as the voice of Isma in Disney's The Emperor's New Groove. So th- those are sort of also that's she's also incredible. In the movie Boomerang starring Eddie Murphy. I don't know her from any of those places. Really? You haven't seen <laughs> Emperor's New Groove even? I mean, I think I did like once, but it wasn't it was a little bit after my prime mm. cartoon days. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I feel like I just know her from her music. <laughs> well, that's great too because her music was amazing. And yes. especially this time of year, holiday time, her version of Santa Baby is probably one of the most popular ones. It is the iconic version, uh-huh. right? Completely. Uh. And so you sort of hear that everywhere. And um that sort of was that song I think sort of is a good example of what her entire career was. So her voice was really, really unique. You know, she had that it was sort of raspy. She's very, it's very sexual and playful. Mm-hmm. And um, she was obviously a really, really beautiful woman. And so a lot of her career was sort of defined by that sexuality and by these constant references to her as being feline and being a cat. But anyway, we'll get into that. All right. All right. Let's go back to the very Let's beginning. Go. Join me. All right. <laughs> We're here. I'm ready. You're with me. We're going. So Eartha Kitt was born Eartha Mae Keith in North South Carolina. So apparently okay. North is a town or city or something in South Carolina. Oh, oh. it's a town? I don't know. I, just... I was like, why don't you just say North Carolina? What's going on here? In North, comma, breath. South Carolina. Okay. <laughs> Just like the northern part of South Carolina? I have it's, no It'd be idea. great if the, if north is in the south of South Carolina, too. It'd just be really confusing. Just You're making it worse for me, Justin. Confusing. You're making it worse. Let's just say South Carolina. She okay. was born in South Carolina. Great. great. Um, and for most of her life, she thought she was born in 1926. Um, and Interesting. And she put that date down, and she thought she was born in like late January 1926. It wasn't until she Did was... she think that or is that what she was told or was she lying about her age? Or do you... She was not lying. Okay. She didn't know. She gotcha. thought that was her birth date. And okay. she was sort of guessing. Um, 
And the problem is, is that she had a really, really, really horrible child childhood. Aww. So Eartha Kitt was born um, actually on January 17th, 1927. And her mother was a black Cherokee sharecropper. And oh. her father was a white man, but she didn't know who the father her father was. I haven't been able to determine if her Eartha's mother knew who her father was or if very sadly, her mother was raped. There are sort of right. a f- couple different stories that mm-hmm. I've encountered. I'm not sure which one it was. But um, yeah. Eartha did not know who her father was. And in 1927, being a the daughter of a black woman, black Cherokee woman, and a white man, she experienced incredible racism. And she felt like she was excluded from the white community as well as from the black community. Yeah. Apparently, she said everybody would say she was a, you know, quote, yellow girl. Oh. And mm. even her own mother really was um, cruel to her, oh. emotionally abusive. Um, oh. She was forced to uh, work and pick cotton in the cotton fields. And um, apparently, the mother didn't love her because she looked too white. And so I have a quote here from Eartha talking <sighs> about this, where she said, quote, I don't even know if she was my mother or not, but at any rate, because she was having problems getting some place for us to stay. She had another little girl, I remember. That little girl was always in her arms. She was able to walk it. When my first scene in life was us walking down a road trying to find some place to stay, because every time she knocked on a door to ask if she could stay there, I would always hear a great big voice that said, no, I don't want that yellow girl in my house when they saw what color I am. So I was always hiding behind her. That's awful. Until we were finally accepted in a little college in the cottage in the middle of a cotton field somewhere. That's awful. And so Ugh. it was a really, really terrible, really terrible childhood. And she mentions it a lot in her interviews. She says, you know, I maybe I was this way because of my childhood. Maybe I acted that way because of my childhood. So she really felt affected by it and it really helped form her. So um, when she turns eight, um, she is sent away. Um, and so she's sent to Harlem in New York to live with an aunt. And I'm almost relieved to hear that. Yes. Things get it better. It's like, yeah. When, when she goes. And so she's not loved. She is still, there's still abuse in this new place. However, she is able to take some dance lessons. She's able to, she starts getting into music. She starts singing. She There's a lot of vibrant culture in Harlem at the yeah. time. So there's mm-hmm. a lot for her to get into. What so, year was that? Uh, this is when she's eight. So she's now eight. that's, she was born in 1927. So this is 1935 about, yeah. she said. So as she gets older, she starts running away from home. And um, she starts like sleeping in the subway or she'll sleep on a rooftop. And um, because of this, later on, she becomes an advocate through UNICEF for um, on behalf of homeless children. And that mm. becomes a really important. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So everything happens for her show business wise because... A friend dares her to audition for the Catherine Dunham Dance Company. And they're like, she's incredible. She has, she's so unique and she gets into it. And this really, this really starts everything for her career. Um, she starts developing solo acts. And uh, because her singing voice is so unique, she does cabarets and club acts and things like that. And she um, develops a solo act in a Paris nightclub called Carol's. She gets to Paris? Yes. Whoa. So her career, she begin, people begin to recognize that not only does she have uh, this unique look, but she has this incredibly unique sound. Right. She's a great dancer. So she begins performing on stage, cabarets. Um, So she's accepted into Catherine Dunham Dance Company. And as a result of this, she gets a scholarship to a dance school 
and a chance to tour with the troupe. And she goes touring in Europe. Oh, wow. And this dance company, the Catherine Dunham Dance Company, also is hired to perform in movies. And one of the movies is John Barry's Casbah. Whoa. 1948. Surely a huge hit. Um, Maybe. (laughs) Surely. (laughs) Surely. So um, in 1950, she develops a solo act at this Paris nightclub, which is called Carol's. And it's a lesbian haunt run by a former lover of Marlena Dietrich. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so she's such a hit. She's there for almost a year. And while she's there, she's seen by Orson Welles, who loses his mind. Uh-huh. Who wouldn't? Right. Loses his mind, like thinks she's the most insane, amazing woman he's ever seen. And um, he gives her the role of Helen of Troy in his production of Dr. Faust, retitled Time Runs in 1951. Wow. And so... From here on out, it's just the balls rolling. She is, becomes massively popular in New York, and she has all of these. Um, uh, she Ginzo is on Broadway. She has all these cabaret acts. Everything's going. Her career keeps moving, and she becomes not just a famous singer and actress and dancer, but also she becomes very much a sex symbol. And it's rumored that she's had affairs with lots of men. It's rumored that she had a romance with Orson Welles. She's Ooh. like, no, that never. Happened. <laughs> what are the other rumors though? Do you remember any of the other? Yeah, it was all the gossip. Yeah. You guys, some of us want the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember a lot of the other. It's men, okay. It's there okay. Were others. That I shouldn't um, care so much. I know we all love a little gossip. It's okay. Um, but I love what she says about this. Um, so she's constantly being referred to as the sex kitten, right? But she says, quote, I don't sing naughty songs. Innocence is one of the most exciting things in the world. When I sing something like, I want to be evil, I'm not trying to indicate an adult evil. It's a little girl mischief, like going out and throwing stones at windows. So she always would insist that she wasn't playing into that sexuality. But the woman can't help it. I mean, if you watch, she's just like... That's so funny. Is that just her, like, PR, you think? Or, like, did she... Was she just like... That always makes me... So interested to like how she developed that messaging and then did mm-hmm. that work and was known for that, but still maintain that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I don't respect it. I do. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's also um, is respected as a as a serious actress, too. Like, she has some dramatic roles. She's nominated for two different Tonys. She's nominated for an Emmy. Like, she's had... Um, so so she's really... She is really respected even through... So everyone's sort of going, oh, wow, this woman is yeah. being labeled as, as a sex kitten. And... Her career really almost hits its pinnacle when, in 1967, she um, succeeds Julie Newmar as Catwoman. And everyone's Mm. like, she's Catwoman, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. So you think, okay, great, you know, this woman has fought against all the odds and things are going really well. Um, and she, but then she's invited to the White House, um, and Lady Bird Johnson is holding a luncheon, and this is uh, during the Vietnam War. This is 1968, and when they're all talking, she. Bertha says to Lady Bird, quote, I am a mother and I know the feeling of having a baby come out of my gut. I have a baby and then you send him off to war. No wonder the kids rebel and take pot. Damn. That's to so the first cool. lady? Yes. And so. What ha- did like, did the whole room get like really quiet? Well, apparently and, like, the first lady cried and. She made the first lady cry. And then. Damn. I Bertha love it. Kit is blacklisted. Like, that's it. Oh, so snap. Her career for at least the next 10, almost to 15 years, it's like done. The wow. CIA, apparently, what the they fuck? label her 
in their folder for her. They call her, All quote, she did was tell the truth. Right? They and she was upset because her son was sent to war, right? No, but she's saying that, that that's what would happen. You would take her child and you would send them yeah. off to war. And Oh, my God. So, um... They blacklisted her. They, they brand Those her, quote, a sadistic nymphomaniac, which... She doesn't seem sadistic nor an infamous. Did Hollywood go along with it? Hollywood was like, okay, yeah, we'll blackball her. I think well, at that time. May, do you think maybe they started all the rumors of all the affairs she was having because they wanted Nymphomaniac to stick? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Ooh. And maybe thought that's a way to really damage her career. At that time, yeah. Mm-hmm. A woman who sleeps with a lot of men. We don't want her around. Mm-hmm. Wow. So she has to get out of America because there's no work for her. She can't do anything. So she goes to the UK and pretty much remakes her life in England. And she lives there with her daughter and um, has to get work traveling throughout Europe because this thing she said. And later on, they asked her, they said, did you, you know, if you had known what was going to happen or did you know what was going to happen? And she, she didn't really, she was shocked. How could you possibly? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know very much about President Johnson, but he sounds like an asshole. Right? Like that That's sounds like, sure. like it sounds like he put down, like you made my wife cry. I'm going to ruin your life. Yeah. <laughs> like that sounds like exactly what happened. It's pretty extreme. Well, and what she said, that quote is not it's not that, like, That's, racy or anything that like that. That is tame Very compared tame. to the stuff we say on Twitter these days. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is nothing. Yeah. How many, and that had to be so painful for her because she spent her whole childhood dealing with constant rejection. Yes. And then to feel like an ultimate rejection from the one place you finally felt accepted. Boo mm-hmm. on everyone. Boo on Hollywood. Like, <sighs> come yeah. on. That's awful. Ugh. But... Little so a, a slight you know this it's, things aren't terrible so she was in Europe for almost a decade but Jimmy Carter invites her back to the White House in 1978. Of course he does, oh, sweet Jimmy. That's nice. Jimmy. <laughs> so after she's been gone for like ten years, right? Um, and that uh, and that year is when she does a new uh, mu- uh, Broadway musical called Timbuktu, and she earns a Tony her first Tony nomination for that. Wow. So, um, so now she's back and um, she's able to work in the United States. And so that's really, really great. And she's still involved in um, uh, lots of civil rights movements. She's involved. She was always um, very pro-gay rights, pro-gay marriage, oh. and um, also was an advocate for, for homeless children. That was really unusual for a woman of her period, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was not a popular cause. Maybe she was gay. Yeah, I mean, I and maybe that's why she's so adamant that she never slept with all those men. I mean, maybe she had a she had a kid, and I'm not sure that her that her uh, gay rights advocacy started necessarily back like in the late 70s or 80s. Mm. It might have been like a little bit later on. Yeah, but it's I'm also just, possible. I'm just noting that it's mm-hmm. in, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't. A, yeah, it's also possible that since she started doing theater, she was surrounded by people in the gay community. That's and true. Had a yeah. lot of people yeah. dying of mm-hmm. AIDS. Or that's not, a good point. not in the 70s, but. Mm-hmm. But definitely later on in the yeah. 80s. And so she gets back. And once she's back in the States, she just works nonstop. She's in. She gets her second Tony nomination. She wins two Daytime Emmy Awards. Um, she's at the same time. She's doing all of this, all of her cabaret work. And so um, she's she has really lived a full, full, happy, happy life at this point. And... Um, Except for that dark decade where Johnson was an asshole. Was it complete <laughs> asshole And the, uh, and the other dark decade where she couldn't live anywhere because she was yellow. Exactly. 
My God. Well, and so um, when she's when she's older, I believe she's uh, 80, when she and her daughter, she really, really wants to find out who her father is. And this is something she's always wanted to know. So they go to a, um, they make a challenge of the students at Benedict College in Columbia, South Carolina. And they say, can you please find her birth certificate? Whoa. They want to know. And so they sort of beg them to find oh. it. They find the birth certificate. She's thrilled. They go there. And when they look at the birth certificate, she does find out her real birthday. However, her father's name has been blacked out. And so she and her daughter, they felt that um, the local government, they were trying to protect whoever the white father was who possibly raped her or whoever uh-huh. it was. They, they were protecting him, someone. Uh-huh. And so she was devastated that after her whole life just wanting to know, after maybe having suspicions, she never found out. Um, she Does she up, still have like uh, kids and grand grandkids adding stuff out there? Maybe they can do a 23andMe. Yeah. You maybe know. they can track some of that now. Yeah. She has a daughter. Um I mean, if if someone if someone in the family knew, and if someone in this man's family, you wonder if that thing, if something like that, could be kept a secret. Can't Probably. don't the DNA test people? Like, can't they? Haven't they connected families in that way? Like, a, like fathers mm. that have illegitimate they mu- they must have. children and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, that's a plot. I feel point. like I've read several stories of of that happening. Of like being like, I think that you're my brother. Mm-hmm. I never knew my dad had another kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would admit. Oh man. That is so... White people are the worst. It's so disappointing. It's so heartbreaking to think this thing she wanted all her life, and at the end, she felt like everyone was protecting this this man, and she never got to find out, unfortunately. Um, she was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer, oh. and so she fought that for a long time, but then um, she eventually succumbed. And so um, Miss Eartha Kitt is no longer with us, but uh. she's definitely abroad. What year did she die? She died in... She died Christmas Day of 2008. 2008? Yes. So just like 11 years ago. Yeah. Yes. And her wow. daughter said, this is a little morbid, but it's also kind of inspiring. Her daughter said that um, when her mother passed, she went out of the world the same way she lived her life. So she lived her life out loud and screaming and making noise. And that when she died, she said she was fighting to the very end. She was making noise and she just, she was someone who was so passionate and just loved living and... I just thought it was an inspirational story. Yeah. Wow. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Eartha. Miss Eartha Kitt. I like the ending. I like that she found happiness at <laughs> the end of a long, sad yeah, journey. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that she flourished despite all of her difficulties, like early in her life and mm-hmm. halfway through her life because of President Johnson. Right. Well, yeah, and that you realize, I, I just think how... It reminds me a little bit of. Do you guys remember when the Dixie Chicks? Yeah, yes. when they're yes. still banned in yes. Texas, right? <laughs> yes, and it just it made me think about them. How when, you, when I first heard this about Eartha, I thought, oh, you know, that wouldn't happen now. And then it does. Oh, well, it happened like ten years ago. Yeah. Well, a little more than that now. It's mm-hmm. like, it was like two thousand four or five something. That sounds. That's about why right. when Beyonce invited them to sing with her mm-hmm. on the the CMAs, that's mm-hmm. why it was like a huge deal or because the, they hadn't been singing invited. They're stage featured on a track on taylor swift's new album really mm-hmm. we got totally we're doing the dixie chicks a different episode okay we should add, our, add them to the list hey, yeah let's cover a group they well, are yeah, broads but miss eartha kid was the best miss eartha kid ladies miss. and gentlemen so tell everybody where they can find us i want to tell you guys that 
We love it when you listen. And if you want to support the show, best thing you do is go into iTunes and leave us a glowing review or tell a friend about the show. And you can always reach out to us on Instagram at Broads You Should Know. Or you can email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to tell you all about another broad you should know.